Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Shall we worship? Would you stand and sing with us, please? Two, uh, one, two, three, four. Hills United Methodist Church, a vibrant spiritual community 
Still, learning to love God, love others, and serve the world. I'm Susan Flores, and I am so pleased to welcome you to church today. You know, I gave you my life story last Sunday, and I wasn't going to say anything else, but Pastor over here said, no, you need to tell more. <laughs> tell us more. So it's going to be short and quick. I've been here for 23 years. I helped start the dinner club, you know, the dinners for eight, and we did that for quite a few years. I started the pumpkin patch for all you worker bees out there. And the, the Helotus Live Nativity, it's called Journey to Bethlehem. I started that. Now the pumpkin patch and the Live Nativity are still going on this year, so you'll get to see more of that. So you know, Christ welcomed us with open arms and a loving heart, and we welcome you the same way. Just know that wherever you've been, whatever you've done, no matter your past or your present, you do have a future. Christ came, lived, and died to ensure that future for you. If you're a first-time visitor, please let us know by filling out the blue card, and there should be one in the, the pew pocket in front of you. And you can put it in the basket as you leave the service. We're a praying church. So if you'd like to share your prayer request, there's several ways to do it. You can fill out a yellow prayer card, also in your pew pocket, and drop it off when you leave. Or you can uh, go to our website, hhumc.com, and you'll find a, a, a tab for a prayer request there. Or if you're a long-standing visitor or a member of this church, you can ask to join our confidential prayer group on Facebook. As of Wednesday, there were 72 people involved in that prayer group. So please know that your prayers will be seen and heard and you will be supported with prayer. I have a few announcements about what's going on in the life of the church. Choir rehearsals will begin this Wednesday at 645 here in the sanctuary. And everybody's welcome to come and make a joyful noise to the Lord. Before you know it, and Richard Flores, I'm not, I, you're not going to like this. <laughs> School will be starting up again. <laughs> and many students desperately need school supplies. You can help by donating to the House of Neighborly Service, and you can leave your donation outside in the Welcome Center. The House of Neighborly Service is also sponsoring a blood drive Saturday, August the 13th, from 9 to 2 o'clock, and it's going to be held next door at the Presbyterian Church. So if you'd like to help with that, go have fun. <laughs> Mesa. Does everybody know what Mesa in Spanish means? Table. Table. You're right. We have a wonderful group of leaders and cooks who will be meeting around the Mesa on Sunday, August the 14th, from 4.30 to 6 in the Fellowship Hall. All middle and high school students are invited and to come and learn to make a meal and more. I don't know what the more means, but <laughs> I'm sure it has something to do with our life with Christ. For those of you who like to plan ahead, and I mean really plan ahead, the live nativity, also known as the journey to Bethlehem, is scheduled for December the 17th at 6 and 7 p.m. 
and we're searching for main cast members. All are non-speaking parts, so you don't have to learn any lines. We're also searching for shepherds and a multitude of angels. So if you're interested or if you have family or neighbors who would like to participate, you can let me know or Amy Nunley. And then the flowers today were donated by Judy Lynn in memory of her mother's birthday. Aren't they beautiful? Now, I invite Jesse Spina, our Director of Christian Education, to come up and share some of those announcements. Thank you. We had an awesome day yesterday at Ripley's, believe it or not, with our youth, and we had four youth show up, which is, um, that's huge for us, and I was very excited to have that happen. Our next youth day is on August 13th. It'll be at main event, uh, the West location, from 1 to 6 p.m. If you have a middle school or high school age student who'd like to come and hang out with us, that's literally all we're doing. I don't have an agenda. You can ask the guys who came to hang out yesterday. We're just building friendships, making memories, and having fun. That's what summer's for. So if you have a youth that would like to do that, it's on August 13th at 1, 1 to 6 p.m. We are meeting at the location. If you are looking at costs and say that's, uh, that's a little bit pricey, I've been to main event, I know how expensive it is, just please let me know. We've got scholarship funds to make sure that everybody gets to go and participate, um, whether the costs are there or not. Also, my Safe Gatherings people who are interested in the Safe Gatherings training, I have set up a whole bunch of dates for us to get trained, get certified, and make sure that our congregation is safe for all people. There is a little plaque for it out by the offering box out there, but the um, next upcoming dates are August 14th from 1230 to 230. That's after church on a Sunday for Step 2 training, and in that same week, August 18th, you can complete your training. We have Step 3 from 630 to 830 p.m., so if you're interested in Safe Gatherings training, please uh, reach out to me and let me know, and I'll get you started on that journey. Thank you. The first scripture reading today comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, doing the will of flesh and senses, and we were, by nature, children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we may walk in them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Shall we join together in an attitude of prayer? Lord, 
We give thanks that we are saved by grace and that you love us and give us new life through the gift of Jesus Christ. Help us, O Lord, when we are tempted to believe that our salvation rests in our abilities, our perfection, or our own works. Remind us that you love us just as we are and that you long for every person to accept your gift of forgiveness and new life. Show us how to walk by faith, following Christ's path of righteousness and redemption. All this we pray in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like to invite the children forward for the children's sermon. Good morning, kiddos. How are we all doing today? Are we awake yet? No. no. <laughs> I, have, I have a game, game to play. Are you guys ready? Have, have you ever played Have You Ever? No. no? Okay, well, I'm going to ask you a question. A have you ever question. You're going to answer yes or no. Okay. Are you ready? Have you ever followed all of the rules? No. No? No? Well, then I'm going to just close the book and we're going to go because there's my sermon. You know, you haven't. You've never followed all of the rules in any given day or any given activity. You're just, you're just all rule breakers. we got a bunch of rebels here. Okay, when you're trying to follow all of the rules, have you ever still made a mistake? Yeah. And when you've made those mistakes, have you ever been forgiven? Yeah. All the time? You see, mistakes and rules are a part of life, right? We have rules all around us. We probably don't even know the number of rules that we follow on any given day. There's rules with how we drive, with how we interact in stores, with what we do with our money, right? There's rules with how school functions. There's rules with how church functions, right? We're not all just doing whatever we want on a Sunday morning. We have an order of worship that we follow. There's rules for that. There's rules for how we interact with our friends. Did you guys know that? Is it okay to treat your friend badly and then expect them to treat you good? No, right? It upsets people when we treat them badly. But with all of these rules, we can, we can do everything we possibly can to follow them. And we're going to still make mistakes because we're human and we're imperfect. And those mistakes can sneak in, right? We th might think that we're doing everything we can to follow the rules at any given time. And then we slip up a little bit, right? I know for me, I am very good at not listening. Do you guys have that problem? Somebody will say my name and say something after it and they'll say, yeah, sure. And I haven't actually heard what was said. I had a time when I was about your age, you guys in, in summer, oh my goodness, during summer, Miss Jessie would disappear into her bedroom and she would read. I would read like most kids like to watch TV. And I would sit on my bed all day and I would read. And my parents would have to come into my room and tell me to get up and move because I had been sitting there for four hours just reading a book. I just love to read. And there were plenty of times during the summertime where my parents would call out to me to tell me to get up to move or ask me if I had done a chore I was supposed to do that day. My mom would call from the other room, hey, have you emptied the dishwasher yet? It's almost dinner time. And I would respond, yeah, sure, mom, without listening, right? 
I wasn't trying to break the rule in that moment, but I did because I wasn't paying attention. And in those moments when that happens, we can get in trouble, right? We've broken the rule. We should get in trouble. I lied. I didn't empty the dishwasher. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't listening. I broke some rules. I should have gotten in trouble. But oftentimes, what we get instead of being in trouble is grace. Do you, do you guys know what grace is? Have you ever heard that word? It's a name. It's a beautiful name. But it's also a word. It's also an action. You could think of grace as like undeserved kindness, right? Getting a reward when you deserve a punishment, undeserved mercy. And life is full of grace because we have a beautiful and wonderful and big God who's watching out for us. So in that moment when I yelled back to my mom, yeah, sure I did, and she went and checked it and saw that I hadn't emptied a dishwasher, she could have come to my room and yelled at me, which did happen plenty of times. But there were some times where she came to my room and she saw a kid who was just so wrapped up in what they were doing that they made a mistake. And she said, hey, I don't think you meant to answer that way. Can you come do it now? And she gave me that grace, right? Sin is the same thing as those mistakes. Sin is sticky, and it's easy to get stuck into. It's telling that little white lie, oh, yeah, I cleaned my room when I really didn't clean my room. Oh, yeah, Mom, I didn't, I didn't pick a fight with my brother. He started it. When we know maybe that's not so true, right? Sin can be very sticky, and it's easy to trip up in sin. But we have a God who gives us grace, who forgives us when we do those things wrong. And it's not through anything that we do ourselves. We can follow all of the rules in the world. But if we break a rule, if we separate ourselves from God's kingdom, we deserve a punishment, right? That's just how it is. Nothing that we can do, none of our good works can get us into heaven. What gets us into heaven is God's love for us. That grace that he gives us, that undeserved kindness, that he showers on each and every single one of us because he loves us so much that those mistakes, they're nothing to him. As long as we look at him and we love him and we follow him and we say, hey, God, I know I mess up sometimes. Or if you're me, it's, hey, God, I know I mess up a lot. Can you please forgive me? I'm going to try to do better, Lord. And he gives us that grace. We're going to learn more about what God's grace is today in Spark Worship, but will you guys bow your heads and pray with me before that? Let's close our eyes, fold our hands, and say, Dear God, help us to have faith in your love and grace and to seek your forgiveness that only you offer. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to exit out the side door for Spark Worship. Thank you, Jesse. Since you covered everything in my sermon, we'll all go home early. I have prayers for the big people. That's y'all. My name is Cheryl Broom, and I'm the pastor here at Helotus Hills United Methodist Church. I think this is, I told the praise band earlier, my seventh week with you. So thank you. Let us take a few seconds to just silence our hearts and offer to God the prayers of our hearts.
Lord, we are so thankful for your unconditional love. Thank you for reminding us that we need not rely on our own strength and power, but can fully rely upon you. Forgive us when we fail to let you be the Lord of our lives. We are ever grateful that you willingly restore us to a right relationship with you and with others. Today, receive our prayers of gratitude and praise as, long, as well as our prayers of need, seeking your help, your guidance, your healing, and restoration. We offer ourselves to you in praise and thanksgiving as we join in saying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I heard a story about a man who was experiencing homelessness. And he would sneak into the church on Sunday morning because he had heard that they had good coffee. He'd sneak in, he'd get some coffee, and he'd leave as quick as he could because he didn't want anybody to call him out and to say, what are you doing here, fella? And so he'd sneak out quickly. See, the man, he didn't think he was good enough to stay in church. And so he didn't smell very good, and he was pretty dirty. And one day he came in to grab that cup of coffee, and an usher caught him and said, hey, hey, why don't you join me in church? And the man said, I, I can't join you in church. I, I smell bad, and I look pretty bad. And the usher said, well, I don't care, and neither does God. And he asked him to join him in church, and that day the homeless man did. And later that homeless man found Christ, and even better, he joined that church. You know, Sometimes we think we're not good enough. We're not clean enough. Our life before us is pretty darn stinky. I read a thing this morning on Facebook. I'm going to share it with you. If you're a drug addict trying to beat addiction, go to church anyway. If you were out drunk last night, go to church anyway. If you can't quit that disgusting habit, Go to church anyway. Church is a hospital for the broken, lost, empty, confused, desperate, and rejected. Every sinner has a future, and every saint has a past. How do we break the chains of addiction and bondage? Prayer. There isn't a single person in the four walls of the church that doesn't have something that they hate or regret about their past. We've all made mistakes and will continue to, but his grace is enough. There are things that I never want to admit out loud about myself, but God knows them, and he loves me nonetheless. 
And repentance is not when you cry, but when you change. So whatever you've done, whatever you're doing, whatever you will do, it might just change your life if you go to church anyway. Even when we don't feel worthy of Christ's love for us, we are beloved of God. So join me as we look at Romans chapter 3, verse 22b through 24, found in your pew Bibles on page 1026. Now, some, recently somebody said, what do you mean B, when you put B or C or D in the listing there for our reading? And usually when you see letters, that means there's a comma in the sentence. It might be a really long sentence, and you go to the next after the comma. So in this, it really starts a quote. So join me in 22b. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. This is one of those verses where you could truly say, thanks be to God that this happened. Now, the word for sin that you see mostly in the New Testament is a Greek word, hermeneutia, and actually it's an archery term, right? When you see this word sin, it's an archery term for the time, which means to miss the mark. So think of your life kind of like a big target, and you're drawing back, and boom, it goes over there, and boom, it goes over there. Uh, that's missing the mark. And that's what sin is. Sin is when you miss the mark with your life, with your goals, with your attempts. And um, this is what they're talking about here. And so I wonder, if you think back of your life, have you ever done something you wish you could take back? Uh-huh, me too. Have you ever said something, a hurtful word, a snide remark, a cutting comment? Well, it's in times like these that I wish I had a personal undo button. You know, the, like you have on your computer? Sometimes when I'm working on the computer and I mess something up, I hit undo, 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 undo. I mean, I just love that button, don't you? Because everything you type that was a mess, it just takes it away. I love that, and it feels really good to me to start over again and make a fresh start. And that is our first level of attack when we sin. In Christian terms, you think of that undo button as repentance. Now, repentance in Greek is another word which simply means to turn around. If you're going in the wrong direction and they say repent, you know, I, I used to listen to Billy Graham services and, you know, it was all about repent, repent, and I thought that was a really bad thing, like repent, I'm evil. No, it means turn around. You've been going in the wrong direction, so repent. And Lord knows the way I drive and with my directions, I repent a lot. I remember, too, um, did anybody here go to the Billy Graham crusade back in 1996? Thank you, Karen, and I were there. I was part of the 5,000-member choir, and we sang Just As I Am until about Jesus came home <laughs> a thousand times. So what do you do, first line of attack, when you sin? Repent, turn around, undo what you've done, and head in a new direction. Now, when I was in high school, I told you guys I was raised up here in San Antonio and went to um, 
Roy Baldwin's alma mater, where he taught for all those years. I went to John Marshall High School. Anybody here go to John Marshall or bid to John Marshall? Oh, my gosh. We could have been in school together. At that time, at John Marshall, there was a program called HO. Uh, it was Health Occupations. And I was uh, taking health occupations, and so half a day I'd go to school, and the other half of the day I would work. And I got to work at the Methodist Hospital in the physical therapy department. And it was really cool. When I first started, they had me you know, going up to rooms and getting patients and bringing them down. And pretty soon they had me doing ultrasound and traction and ice massage and whirlpool. Scary, right? And then when the school year ended, they said, would you like to stay on and work weekends for us? I'm like, sure. Well, the only thing you need to do on the weekend is input in the computer what the treatments people have had. I went, oh, I don't think I want to do that. And they said, super easy. You cannot break the system. You cannot break it. Just enter what the stuff is, and it'll be awesome. You know where I'm going with this. My first Saturday there, I entered something. I don't even know what, and the system crashed. Yeah, I gave the Methodist Hospital Physical Therapy Department a near-death computer experience. It was horrible. And I really um, don't like to even work on computers that much. I won't work on them. I work with them. And when I do computer work, I don't know, you're like this too, and something goes wrong and it won't respond to you, and you hit enter and again and again, and pretty soon I'm doing this. <laughs> and my kids will say, Mom, that doesn't make it work any better. Don't do that. Well, I just kept trying to get things right when I mess up the computer. But I never gave up on technology. I just kept trying. And during yet another time when I messed up the computer and it almost went to see Jesus, I found something in the computer system that you probably know about. It's called, in the accessory file, under System Tools, it's called System Restore. For real, did you know there's a system restore option? Yeah, Carol, you used it before. Oh my goodness, I found the savior of a computer in system restore. And it's such a gift, and when you need it, it says, welcome to system restore. You can use system restore to undo harmful changes to your computer and restore it to its setting performance. I'm like, hallelujah. This is like finding a miracle. And it was there all along. I just didn't know about it. It was a free gift from the computer programmers that knew that people like me would mess up their computers and need restoration. I call it my personal computer savior because whenever I mess up the computer, I just return to the place where I need to be restored. Yeah, there's a lot of love when this happens, when you restore the capacity in your computer. Because, see, I'm a person that needs do-overs. There have been many times in my life when I did things, when I entered the wrong data, data in my life that caused my system to crash. Now, I may have even messed up my original settings, but I'll tell you, my original settings were not that great. But they kept me going day to day. No matter what I tried to do to fix my life, I could not do it on my own. You see, sometimes we try harder to fix up, but we don't need to, for God loves us. And Jesus repaired us at the cross 
For many of us, there are times when life feels so horrible that we've messed up things so badly that we desperately need to be restored. And God has given us a way to be restored. You heard Susan read it from Ephesians 2. But God, who is rich in mercy out of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive through Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the results of works, so that no one may boast. You see, Christ is our original spiritual restoration. God knows we've messed up. We sin, all of us, and fall short of the glory of God. But God loves us. And as I said a minute ago, Christ fixes us at the cross. And this is all through God's amazing grace. Now, here's the good news. You can't come to church and not hear good news, right? Well, this is really, really good news, that God will not stop loving us even if we mess up. The central message of the Bible is clear. God doesn't love us because who we are or what we have done, but because of who God is and what God has done. God made you. God loves you. That settles it. And you can't make God love you any more. And you can't make God love you any less. God loves you just because of who you are. Even on your best day, God doesn't love you anymore. Even on your worst day, God doesn't love you any less. God's love is not performance-based. I know we think it is, but it is not. God looks at us and he says, I choose to love you. You can't make me stop loving you. Isn't that awesome and amazing? Even when we're ridiculously bad, God won't stop loving us. And even when we are amazingly great, God won't stop loving us. And we have to understand that this is grace, God's unmerited love. And when we do, we can relax. We don't have to outperform anyone. No, God doesn't need our perfection because God has the wonderful capacity to restore us. I think that's so beautiful. We are ever restored through Christ Jesus. And we experience this restorative love and then we are given new life in Christ. We're released from our old life and we're put right with God. And when we say yes, that's all it takes. Our life begins with grace. And when you mess up, hit the undo key. Repent. And if you really mess up, go to System Restore through Christ Jesus. It's just that easy. All we need is faith, an act of faith through our acceptance and our commitment. And then we begin to live really live again, no longer relying on our own strength or power, with faith as our foundation, even if we've messed up things in life, even if we've made mistakes. And instead of trying harder 
to fix your own problems. Just remember Jesus is the key to our personal restore system. Through faith, we can really let go and let God. Now here's the truth. When we battle depression, God loves us anyway. When we fight anxiety, when we mess up, when we face doubts, when we forget who we really are, when we're weary, whatever we're struggling with today, yeah, maybe you need to hit the redo button a couple of times by repenting, taking a new path. And maybe today you need to hit the spiritual restore button and begin new and fresh and made clean. Remember that Jesus covers our sins. God loves us as we are. And Jesus fixed us at the cross. And this is God's amazing grace. Amen? Amen. Well, I would like for you to take a look at the Apostles' Creed, because it seems appropriate this morning that we would say it together. You can find it in your hymnal on page 882, or Susie made us a slide where we can read it together, whichever makes you feel the most comfortable. Let us say what we believe together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What is our response to God's love and invitation? Mostly our response is always to say yes to seek to do God's will and work in the world. And as United Methodists, we proclaim that we come here to share in God's promises. And we do that by sharing our own prayers, our presence, you're here today, our gifts, our service, and our witness. If you would like to share your gifts with the church, you may put your pledges or tithes or offering in the box that's out in the Welcome Center. In the meantime, why don't we stand together as you're able or stand spiritually and let us sing the doxology which praises God for all God's good gifts. This is where you get an invitation to be disciples of Jesus Christ. If you're a member of this church, 
then go out into the world and carry the light of Christ forth with you. If you'd like to join in this congregation of United Methodist Church, I would invite you to do that. Susan, I'm glad you're back there at the desk because I forgot to mention our mission statement. Can we pull that up? Susan knew that. It's important that we um, claim what our mission is as this church and that we go forth serving this mission. And it's really super simple to measure everything against your life and what you're doing and how you're living by this mission. The mission, join me please. The mission of Holotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I remind you of this as you are to go forth from this place carrying the light of Christ, kind of like Phil did. Did you notice today how careful he was? Sometimes we have to go careful so our light doesn't go out. And sometimes we run through and let the light of Christ shine wherever we may be. But I challenge you this week to go forth and carry the light of Christ with you that we might make new disciples for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.